Support for WRFA is brought to you in part by listeners like you, who believe in the vital public service WRFA provides through its arts and education programming, as well as through our coverage of local news and public affairs. Plus, your generous support lets us provide a number of volunteer-based programs to be shared on our airwaves. Help keep community radio in Jamestown and Chautauqua County alive by making a contribution today. To make a tax-deductible donation or learn more about becoming a station underwriter, use the donate page on our website, wrfalp.com, or send a check to WRFA Radio, 116 East 3rd Street, Jamestown, New York. Or you can call 716-664-2465. We talk with Manufacturers Association of the Southern Tier Executive Director Todd Tranum about the state of workforce development in Chautauqua County. Finding enough qualified workers for the many jobs available in Chautauqua County has been an issue that many organizations and officials have been tackling since before the pandemic. Since the pandemic, those efforts seem to have increased with a variety of new programs and collaborations. We have Manufacturers Association of the Southern Tier Executive Director Todd Tranum in studio with us to talk about some of the programs and efforts going on. So thanks for joining us. Well, wonderful to be here. Thanks for the invite. So if you were going to summarize the state of Chautauqua County's workforce today, what would you say? I think we've got a lot of work to do. Uh, I think we've got some great programs in place in the area. Uh, We've got uh, an opportunity, I think, with a lot of the the not-for-profits that work with kids, uh, the educational infrastructure, uh, primary, secondary school, uh, post-secondary with the colleges. Uh, to to really make an impact in this area, um, you know, and I, I think back to you know when you and I were, were growing up in this area, it was an issue of challenges finding jobs, right? It's shifted so much right now, where there's just uh, an enormous amount of opportunity in a variety of sectors. Obviously, I'm most passionate about manufacturing and the opportunities there but you know there's a lot of opportunities in the healthcare sector and uh, tourism service sector you ask any employer uh, in any sector they're having a hard time finding people and you know i think we're still trying to figure out how do we better connect the population in in chautauqua county and throughout our region uh to to the job opportunities and there are some good initiatives going on and some initiatives that are really starting to focus in uh more directly on reaching some of the harder to reach populations and you know introducing them to to opportunities but i do believe we still have a ways to go in terms of uh doing a better job of aligning efforts and aligning resources. Um, so it, there's better knowledge internally of what each other's doing and awareness to see if there's opportunities for stronger collaborations. Uh, but that too is being worked on. Uh, there's, you know, the mayor, uh, Mayor Sunquist has done a nice job with our support of starting to bring together some key stakeholders uh, together, business, uh, public sector, not-for-profits, and the educational sector to try to think about how we can better work together locally to address this. And there's some uh, regional coalitions that have been built, uh, particularly with the support of uh, the Ralph Wilson Foundation, Empire State Development, in UB. There's a broader Western New York coalition of, again, business, 
uh, the public sector, community colleges, uh, and and some not-for-profits that are are working in that training space, uh, coming together to better understand what each other is doing and to look at opportunities for better alignment. So we're kind of all rowing, you know, in the, in the same direction and addressing this issue. And I will say this, it is the number one issue faced by employers. And it's not unique to Jamestown. It's not unique to Western New York. It's across the country uh, in terms of, um, you know, addressing, you know, the demand uh, for, for workforce. What would you say is the hardest job for manufacturers locally to fill right now? Where do you want to begin? <laughs> uh, you know, it's across the board, mm-hmm. um, and it varies from manufacturer to manufacturer. Um, you know, some common themes we hear are engineers, need for engineers, uh, machinists, uh, welding technologists, although that has gotten um, to a place where um, it, it's not as much of a struggle, and I think that's a credit to the program at JCC and the, the welding program that uh, Brett Harkness uh, teaches over there. Um, but still, there's, there's some demand for, for welders. Uh, industrial maintenance technicians. So, you know, these are the folks that keep the machines running, keep the light bulbs, you know, keep the lights on, uh, keep things running, particularly in a world where we're seeing more cobots, more robotic uh, applications, as well as more processing equipment, um, all of which is driven by computers. So you're seeing more need, you know, in that space for people who can keep that equipment running, as well as understand how to troubleshoot and, and fix things when they're not working, including, you know, computer technology. So, uh, it's 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 across the board but those you know those would be kind of the four areas of technical expertise that uh, I would touch on and another field that you know we think is going to start growing uh, and, and have more demand around are those people and sometimes they're engineers um, who understand how to integrate new technologies with uh you know with employees and with the existing workplace so as you start thinking about manufacturing where it's at where it's going in in the future you're going to see more cobots uh just to explain what a cobot is it's a robot that works with with a human essentially so some of the more menial tasks or and, and and in fact tasks that sometimes are repetitive and lead to repetitive motion uh, issues physically are, are being replaced uh, by cobots. Uh, and a lot of these are jobs people frankly prefer not to do. But if you think about picking up and moving things or moving a piece of metal into a position so that you know a human can, can um, use their craft, what they're trained in, the high value add of their job, which may be welding, it may be machining. It's those harder techniques that uh, a human needs to do. If you can imagine ro- uh, these cobots, and it's happening throughout our region, you know, picking things up, moving them into place, so that person with that talent and that skill can just focus on using their talent and their skill and not have to worry about carrying things around. 
Um, you're seeing cobots in that type of application, whether it's welding, whether it's machining, um, and and to some extent as well as in, in certain maintenance uh, types of position in terms of cobots helping uh, fix equipment and and uh, keeping things running. So you need people who understand how to program those robots, how to integrate them into a workplace safely, um, how to make them work efficiently and co collaboratively uh, with humans. So that's another area that it's sort of exciting, right? Um, and what it means for the American worker and workers at our region is that people can focus on you know the more skilled jobs, right? With within the workplace, uh, whether it's you know being able to uh, to weld um, very difficult types of welds, uh, whether it's the ability to machine parts to you know certain tolerances, which is a skill set, bending metal to a certain precision, um, and again you know being able to help maintain equipment and keep it running. Um, these assistive collaborative robots are really there to help people focus more on that that high value skill they have. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, it makes the manufacturing processes more efficient, um, reduces um, uh, you know uh, certain types of accidents in in the workplace because these cobots and sometimes robots are, are replacing some of those types of things that again are repetitive motion and, and, and can and lead to injury and it opens it up for other opportunities in manufacturing and and i think that's the important thing to get across is that manufacturing has changed significantly over the past 30 years the past two decades and the past decade and frankly you know in the last five or six years you know i've gone into a number of facilities pre-covid and post-covid and it is impressive the investments that our manufacturer manufacturers are making in their people but also in their processes and their equipment and and in terms of integrating innovation and I, I wanted to ask that question because, I mean, you detailed, even just like with three different, you know, kind of engineering, the, the welders and then um, the working with machinists. Machine, I mean, that that type of level of skill, I mean, we're, I mean, a lot of discussion around that you don't necessarily need a college degree to find good paying jobs. And, and yes, there's still, you may have to go through an apprenticeship mm -hmm. with a union or in, and, but there's most of these definitely just you know require some sort of certification and or college degree is what you're telling me so it's like i think that kind of like people are like oh they're telling us not to go to college anymore that's not true if you gotta have a degree to be an engineer well so, you know i think yeah. it's looking at the workplace as um a place where you know people i think all of us it, it it's really we're all going to have to realize it's about lifelong learning if we're going to stay on top of our our skills um and you know and and be productive in the workplace and i you know i would add i mean there are some several a lot of companies i should say regionally that you know if someone will come in the door that has a strong work ethic that has you know just a good base of understanding technology and is trainable 
um, you know, a lot of companies are making that investment uh, internally in, in training people. Because uh, people come in the door at, at different levels. And even if somebody comes in the door with a college degree, it doesn't mean they're ready day one to, to, to do the job. Or if they come in with a certification from day one, it doesn't mean they're ready to do that specific job. So there's always going to be a little bit of on-the-job training. Um, I think we're, we're seeing things move as a nation and in our region is more towards certification micro credentials it's forcing our community colleges and i think to some extent our universities to kind of rethink how we are delivering education and and training um certainly you know we still want people to be educated and trained in you know a a, a broader well-rounded way but there's a balance between that and and making sure people have skills that are applicable to the workforce and you know for quite a while um, our educational system um, our view in this country uh, our perceptions of kind of where we were going and what where we, we were told the economy was going I think about in the late 80s early 90s being told we're, ma- we're moving to the great service economy which discounted hey, we still need to make things in this country, right? We still need, and we still need people to, you know, come into our homes and do plumbing and uh, HVAC and electrical work. Um, I, I, I think we made a mistake in this country during the 80s and early 90s through kind of having this false perception that uh, manufacturing was going to go away. Um because it was here, it still is here, it's on the rebound. Um, and I, now I think we're kind of paying a price for that perspective. Now we're trying to catch up and, and fill these, these, skilled per, uh, these skilled positions. But to your point, I, I don't believe um, that you know, necessarily a two-year college degree is required to, to, to be able to be successful in, in the workplace. Uh, again, I think micro-credentials, certifications, we're seeing, you know, some high schools embedding some of those things. It could be dual credit college courses. It could be some sort of certification embedded in that junior senior year um, that are helping kids be more ready to, to to jump into the workforce, even possibly out of high school. Um, so there's a whole there's there's a lot of things changing, um, a lot of transition happening. Um, certainly some of what's driving that is the, the lack of workforce or the lack of that workforce being, that's out there being connected with employers. Um, and I think what that employer demand is doing is it's, it's sort of forcing some changes in the system and how we view education and training. Um, and I, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think it's something we should be... Um, scared of I, I think it, it's still there's still opportunity there even for community colleges to think about shorter term certifications shorter term trainings micro credentials you're seeing jcc do that particularly in their workforce development department right where they're you know they're creating you know shorter term trainings that are a little more intensive but get people through the program out the door and into employment faster than your more traditional uh, two-year degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say at the end of the day, we kind of need a blend of both. 
because I think people need need options. Uh, individuals need options. Uh, but we do need to start stressing the importance of credential, shorter term training, micro-credentials, getting people to the skill levels they need to get placed in jobs. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why I wanted to have you come in is because Covering the news, I get to hear a lot of different stories about what different, either JCC or uh, what's happening down uh, in your world at the Manufacturers Association or even within Jamestown Public Schools and at the county level, all these different programs that are happening around workforce development and in particular, you know, targeting manufacturing. And I thought, you know, there's a lot of activity that's Mm -hmm. happening here to try to rejigger the system, I guess, in a sense. And even I think the, the newest one that I've heard about in the last month, two months, I think, with Jamestown Public Schools is they are opening this innovation center at the former Rogers Elementary School. And the way it was, I think, laid out by Dr. Um, Superintendent Dr. Kevin Whitaker is that this is some a program that is going to reach out to I think at least even as as early as middle school mm-hmm. to get kids introduced to the options that are available. And I don't yeah. know if you know more about what is happening yeah. there. Yeah, I, uh, we think it's a great approach uh, that, that he's taken. Uh, we've had several discussions uh, with, with Kevin about it. Um, and yeah, it, it's really built around, you know, let's help kids understand career opportunity. Let's, let's make that connection between what they're doing in the Innovation Center. Um, yeah, and I know one of the things they've uh, kind of been champion, champion, been a champion of is, is an aviation program, but I think you know, there's gonna be much more uh, to it, and there are gonna be aspects of it that align with our needs in manufacturing. And I think that concept and building you know, some curriculum and programming around it and doing it in concert with the community uh, to help kids at a younger age get a better understanding of the careers right in their backyard and making their education be more in context with the opportunities, right? Um, you know, I, again, I, I think back to my education. I'm not faulting anybody, but I don't remember, you know, when we were pre- preparing for regents exams, Anybody making the connection to why we're, you know, we're so intensely getting ready for that algebra exam and how that could correlate to a career in the future. I think schools are starting to understand the importance of context in terms of education and and um, understanding career and job opportunities. And we see this innovation center as a, a step in that direction. And we look forward to you know, working with Jamestown on this initiative. Um, again, we've had great dialogue with Kevin. Um, he's, he's even been very informative to helping us sort of rethink some of our programming too on how we can collaborate with, uh, with Jamestown through our Dream and Do It initiative. So uh, it's been a great two-way street. We're excited uh, to, to see some of this come to uh, fruition um, and see where it goes. I think that's kind of an interesting thing that we say so often that if you want to see change, you have to start 
but whatever the change may be that you just start with kids when they are younger and this is a case mm-hmm. where this is happening and you were making the uh, comment about how things moving toward micro accreditations or mi- micro certifications and how and also you made the comment about sometimes people will come into a job and not be ready they may have the skills all that set there but they don't know exactly how to get started and then I remembered I know and I'm trying to think of what program it was I want to say it was through JCC uh, in in a uh, with the with MTI, where these were students who had gotten experience working. I think there was a student from Hope's who had went to work for Hope's Windows, and so Jamestown Community College and some of the programs around here are outputting students who have some experience and co- can go right to work. Is that mm-hmm. am I correct in that assumption? Yeah. So so of course there's some internship opportunities for students. You know while they're in in, in programs at JCC to to uh, participate in the workforce during their training. Um, there are also um, what you may be referring to as the alignment between uh, the uh, Goodwill, uh, Good Skills program and, um, and JCC, uh, the workforce development side, as well as some of the other programming side there. So um, Goodwill of Western New York developed uh, what's called the Good. I think I'm getting this right. The Good Goodwill Good Skills Program, uh, which they had launched in in Buffalo, and the model has been successful. It's been well documented, well studied in terms of its outcomes. And what they do through this program is they primarily focus on identifying uh, people maybe who are are working poor. Um, or or could be dislocated uh, from the from the workplace, and you know do some assessment with them or, around what their aspirations are, uh, what kind of jobs they might be interested in, as well as kind of bring in to the discussion jobs that are available in case they aren't aware of some uh, the different opportunities in manufacturing or healthcare, as an example, and uh, they go through a. Um, uh, a program where you know there's some remediation. So you know if if you're, and I would probably need this by the way. But if I were entering the workforce and say I wanted to be be a machinist, I probably need to uh, tighten up my math skills a little bit. So um, you know there's some math remediation, um, reading remediation. Um, just to make sure everybody's at, at a level where they can then uh, get focused on their training. And they're doing this in cooperation with JCC. So Good Skills, Goodwill Good Skills is out kind of recruiting, recruiting students into these cohorts and then uh, working with them on some of the, the basic remediation and work ethic types of things. You know, what does an employer look for when, when you're in the workplace? And then getting them aligned with uh, kind of a career track program at JCC. It could be in manufacturing. It could be on the healthcare side. Um, so those are the types of partnerships we really like to see, and uh, particularly you know as they show you know positive outcomes in terms of helping people get into the workplace and be successful in the workplace. And I would add to that, you know, the other dynamic here um, that needs to be understood is a need for supports, uh, wraparound supports. Um, You don't want a person to get off track with their training or their career 
um, expectations or career desires because, you know, all of a sudden, you know, they've got a car that broke down and they can't get from a rural area into their training program. So, there, you know, there's some great programs out there. Goodwill obviously has some resources to help with things like that. I think of the Resource Center and their Safer program, which has helped with employee retention and helping companies, you know, address, you know, some of the challenges that come up for individuals in the course of life, right? I can't find childcare. I can't get to work. What do I do? Um, I've got somebody in my home who's having some mental health problems. I don't know, it, you know, it, it, it's affecting my life and my ability to get to work. So who in the community can I connect with to help them, um, you know, help my uh, uh, person, uh, my relative or somebody living in my household with that issue? Maybe it's as simple as, hey, I don't have enough cash in my pocket to buy gas to get to get to work right now because we've, you know, we had to replace a furnace or we had to, re, you know, replace a refrigerator. These things happen every day to people and can knock them off course to meeting their objective of of having gainful employment. And you know, there are resources available. Um, could those resources use? more supports absolutely uh, but we feel that's the right model of marrying those wraparound supports with with the train with the individual and and the training so that these folks can successfully get through the, the training and educational aspect but also as they get into the into employment have some of those resources there to help with retention Mm-hmm. I think you hit on two of the biggest things that we've heard in other conversations we've had on WRFA when it comes to employment and, and you know having jobs that can support a family mm-hmm. is that what are some of the barriers in transportation, because we are mm-hmm. a rural county, and finding adequate child care. Yeah. So, and it's encouraging to hear that there is an effort to make sure that it's not like, okay, we're going to offer all these great programs where people can learn how to you know, get the training they need to get into this field, but also how do we help them stay in that because of these issues that we have. And um, that's that's really great to hear. Um, yeah. I think I don't think I'd heard too much of that before. And um, other than I've heard about a lot of programs, which yes. I, mean, I mean, we haven't even gotten into everything that's going on now. And not, not at the least uh, with Jamestown Community College, I think last year opening its new industrial and building automation center, mm-hmm. which uh, we were you were at and I was at and uh, some of the things happening there and that being underway. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I mean, in terms of classes, Southern Tier Builders Exchange, which now they go by the Builders Exchange of the Southern Tier, mm-hmm. same name, different, different yes. in the yes. way. They receive $500,000 for a pre-apprenticeship program for high school and college aid kids. And mm-hmm. they've gotten that accreditation, as far as we know, to go forward with that. Yeah. And then I think you've been involved, you mentioned you've been working with the mayor of Jamestown, uh, where the city is participating in the Good Jobs, Good Cities Academy now. Mm-hmm. Which is different than the Goodwill program. It says, says good, though. It, it, yeah, it says good. It's, it's, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> so. so, yeah, and what is exciting about uh, Good Jobs, Great Cities is, well, I mean, I, I think it's pretty impressive that the city was selected out of, what, 16? among 16. Yeah. Um, you know, and at that table are cities like San Antonio and, you know, some pretty large cities, uh, Jamestown, uh, being the smallest. Um, so that's, you know, I think a credit to uh, Mayor Sunquist and and the team there and and the fact that 
we were kind of starting to work on this stuff even a little bit ahead of that opportunity. So we had, um, you know, some things in motion that, you know, we were supporting with the mayor. I think that helped that help that process. Having said that, I think that is a good example. You, you know, you bring up Goodwill, you've got JCC with some programming, you got the builders, you got the IBEW that has an excellent, you know, electrical apprentice program. You've got Job Corps uh, doing some good stuff out in Casadega. You've got stuff happening within the high school, uh, you know, specifically with Jamestown with the Innovation Center. The the coalition that the mayor has brought together is is to bring those parts and components together along with the wraparound service providers. So they're part of this discussion as well to say, hey, first of all, let's have an awareness of what each other's doing, but let's look for opportunities for alignment too so we can support each other um, and and work collaboratively towards you know the same the same goal. Um, and you know I, I would stress that you know we live in a world now that is extremely complex. Some of these challenges we have are very complex and the only way to resolve complex issues is as a community. There's no one entity that's gonna figure out a solution for workforce development. It's just not practical to think that. It takes a variety of organizations working together uh, and, and in collaboration, bringing their resources, their knowledge together towards a common goal. And that's what um, the, um, the coalition that's been developed around Good Jobs, Great Cities is about. And like I mentioned earlier, there's some similar efforts on a larger, more regional basis. Um, there's you know a workforce coalition um, for the five counties of Western New York being headed up by Empire State Development and UB and, and the Ralph Wilson Foundation that we're part of, uh, along with our sister organization, the Buffalo Niagara Manufacturers Alliance, that's looking at you know the more regional picture of this. Uh, but it's going to be important to have these um, kind of these smaller coalitions of organizations getting in alignment um, and, and working together. And, you know, I think as well about the IDA uh, uh, coalition uh, working on, you know, some of the diversity opportunities and challenges. Um, there's some synergy, right, between workforce development and what that, that group is doing. Because let's face it, at the end of the day, if we can somehow get every person who wants to work connected with a job, uh, a family-sustaining job, that's going to overall help address some of the other, the other issues and challenges we have in our neighborhoods and our communities. So... Um, we're excited, you know, about these collaborative collaborations. We think it's the way to go. Um, sometimes it takes a little bit longer to get things in motion because you're getting a bunch of organizations aligned around a common objective. Uh, but it, it has to be the way we do business going forward. Uh, it has to be. And uh, like I said, some of these problems are are extremely complex and challenging and without a variety of organizations at the table with their knowledge and their resources working on them. Um, we're not going to get uh, you know where we need to go. You mentioned the problems, but my sense from you is that you sound optimistic. 
Absolutely. I yeah, I, and you know, I, I reference back to you know thinking about growing up in this region and watching people lose jobs and you know previous jobs working with some of those individuals who who had had lost their job and you know suddenly we're in this incredible place of opportunity where we can tell the world <laughs> there are job opportunities here in our our region in Chautauqua County and in Jamestown New York uh, it's a much different message. However, we've got to figure out how, how to get in front of this because the implications of not addressing the workforce issue are, are significant, will be significant economically. I mean, if we're going to retain jobs, retain businesses, uh, and grow our economy, it's going to be predicated on, on workforce hands down um, you know and uh, you know I've been one to say it's it's not easy doing business in New York State um, there are, there are a variety of challenges regulatory um, and and tax related but if we as a region can figure out a way to get competitive advantage via having a workforce system that um, is delivering and is connecting people to jobs and is doing a good job of maybe even recruiting people into the area as well as keeping our own <laughs> where we can and, and, and connecting them with jobs. Uh, we're going to be far ahead of other regions and other places in the United States and, and frankly other places in the world. It's This is the one issue where if you look at the the infrastructure and the investments we make in, and I'll boil it down to Western New York, I could probably say this for the rest of the state too, but if you look at Western New York, the number of school districts we have, uh, the resources they have, um, the number of post-secondary educational institutions, the economic foundation we have in terms of the businesses, and you know a plethora of not-for-profits that are trying to help people and help kids, Again, if you can bring those resources together in a more systematic approach, um, we're going to be far, far ahead uh, of other regions. But the challenge is going to be, you know, getting everybody, keeping, getting everybody to the table and keeping everybody at the table and, and focused on the common goal. That, that, that is the challenge. And I've used the term before. I've made the point, uh, and I probably heard this somewhere else, but... I'm, I'll, I'll lay claim to it. We're really resource rich in, in our region, in our, in our area. I mean, you think about water, power, even climate. You know, people complain about winters, but look at what else, you know, what's been going on elsewhere in the, in the country and in the world. We're, you know, we're very fortunate. Um, we have particularly you think about Western York and, and particularly Jamestown, the foundations we have, the funders we have, um, the infrastructure we have in our region, uh, both educationally um, and, and just you know physical infrastructure. Uh, we got a lot of really good stuff going for us. So we're resource rich, but sometimes we're process poor in terms of how we come together around those resources and how we work together from a process perspective. 
you know, every once in a while there's a good partnership here or there that does some good things together. But in terms of continuity, a process to take on some of these most challenging issues, uh, that's where I think we still need to do some work. There's opportunity, it's opportunity, but we still need to do some work in terms of kind of continuing to bring organizations together around their common, common goal. I think we've covered a, a lot of ground here, and I just wondered if there anything else that you want to add on the discussion about where workforce is and what is happening with organizations. Uh, I would encourage you know folks in the community if you know if you know of someone in your family or neighbor who's who's looking for an opportunity, or maybe they've you know we've we've talked about you know there's been some kind of leakage out of the the workforce, right? People. Um, they're they're not showing up in any of the statistics. They're just kind of out of the workforce. Um, there's opportunity for these folks to reengage with the economy and some good programs. Uh, again, the Goodwill, a good skills program, the work that's being done out of workforce development at JCC. Um, there's opportunity there um, for kids. You know, middle school, high school, even younger. There's there's a lot of opportunities. You know, I think about the P Tech. Uh, we didn't even get into that Pathways Gosh. Technology Early yeah. College High School up in Dunkirk. Um, that's doing some great things. Uh, the kids, uh, I should call them young adults that are coming through that program, are phenomenal. Um, we need more of them in in manufacturing. Uh, you know, it'd be nice if that program had you know, a graduating class of 40 or 50 per year, but um, it's doing what we hoped it would do. And so there's some really good opportunities for, for kids to get involved in, you know, if they're interested in manufacturing, whether it's at their home school or through programs like P-TECH, um, obviously the Innovation Center that uh, Superintendent Whitaker is putting together with his staff, that's going to create even more opportunities for kids right here in Jamestown. Um, so know that there's a lot of opportunity. It's a matter sometimes of getting that family member, that neighbor, or just someone you know connected. Mm -hmm. Or their guidance counselor. That as well, yes, <laughs> yes. Well, Todd, I appreciate you coming in to talk about this. I think it's an you know, important topic to keep up on as we go through the next several years and more. And uh, But thank you for coming in. Yes, thank you very much. Appreciate it.